Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us today. For those of you online, uh, remember the bottom right there, you can click the chat button. So you can request prayer or you can engage with those. We have hosts online. For those of you that are with us today, would you stand and join with us as we sing? Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house, in vain its builders strive to
So this morning, as we come together, it is Epiphany Sunday, and it's often, that's what it's referred to, it's on this day that we remember the wise men that traveled from the east to visit the Christ child. This, for us, marks the end of the Christmas season. Our call to worship this morning comes from Matthew 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Today, like those wise men, we come into the house of the Lord to bow down and worship Christ our King. Let's, lift, let's continue to sing as we lift our voices to worship that Christ. We're all your 
seated. Uh, this morning we have an opportunity um, to celebrate communion together. I can't think of a better time to celebrate communion together than as we move forward together into the new year, right? Happy new year. In uh, Matthew chapter 26, Jesus was with the disciples and it was right before the Passover. And Jesus says it was the first day of the Passover of love and bread. The disciples came to him wanting to know where to prepare this meal. Jesus said in verse 18, he says, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. It says in verse 19, the disciples did as Jesus directed and they prepared the Passover. Every time I read that passage, my first thought is, is wow, how do they know where to go? What questions are we going to ask? What kind of food? There's so many details that go into planning a meal, isn't there? Think about how many details go into planning a meal. This is a Passover celebration and there's a lot to prepare and there's not a lot of details spelled out here. We go from verse 19 to where it says the disciples did as Jesus commanded to verse 20 that says when it was evening, he reclined at the table with the 12. This great meal just magically appeared. And we know these meals don't just magically appear, do they? They're a lot of work. And so I'd imagine the disciples sitting around the table, relaxing, getting ready to enjoy dinner together. All the preparations have come to work, the meals before us, and we're reclining at the table, and there's a sense of, ah, we finally made it. And then soon into the meal, Jesus says this, truly I say to you, one of you is going to betray me. <laughs> so no sooner did they get to relax, all of a sudden they find out that one of them is going to betray Jesus. Who is it? Me? Is it going to be me? And, and Jesus refocuses them. He says, look, this is the reason we've come together. This is an opportunity for you to set apart a time where we can celebrate a meal together to remember who it is that you belong to, who I am and where your identity in Christ is. And he says in the middle of all this hubbub, he lifts up the bread. And he said, this is bread is reflective of my body that's going to be broken for you. Whenever you eat it, eat it in remembrance of me. And then while they were eating, he lifted up the cup and he said, this cup is reflective of my blood that's going to be spilled for you. It's going to be shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And so in the midst of the end of this day conclusion, in the midst of all the turmoil, wondering who was going to betray Jesus, he centers them on the reality of who he is and where our hope lies. 
And I just want to encourage you that as we prepare to move into this new year, I don't know what's been going on in your life today, maybe last year, maybe you're looking forward to a new start. I'm telling you, you either come out of it, you're in it, or you're going into something, no matter what's going on in our lives. Our identity is secure in who we are in Christ. And we celebrate the reality of his resurrection. And so in just a few moments, we're going to invite you to come forward uh, to take one of the elements. There's some cups, there's some juice there. If you're watching with us online, uh, hopefully you've had an opportunity to get something to drink and something to eat. Jesus was with the disciples at a supper. So there's nothing special about the elements that we're partaking of this morning. But we want to invite you to come forward uh, anytime during this next song. It doesn't have to be right at the beginning, but as the Lord leads you, we want to invite you to come forward, take one of these elements, take it back to your chair, and just and just celebrate the hope that we have in Christ and lift this new year up to him and what he has for you. Isn't he one?
Father, as we come before you, Lord, today, being Epiphany, we reflect on those wise men, Lord, that came from afar. At your ask, they came, Lord. They gave up everything that was going on in their life, and they traveled such a far distance. So, Lord, as we come before you, Lord, today, we just ask that you would help us, Lord, to set aside the things of the world as they gave up everything. Help us just give up this little time that we can focus on you. So, Lord, we know that you're there, your arms are open wide, and you're just asking us to come to you. So, Lord, I pray that we would hear that call and that we would come to you. So I pray, Lord, that you just help us in this time truly come and worship you. All these things in your name I pray. with us this morning. I just want to encourage you as we move into this new year, uh, be praying with me uh, that we would experience more of the power and presence of Jesus Christ in our life. That's a great thing to pray as as we move into the new year, isn't it? More of God's presence in our life. We're kicking off a new series today. Uh, called Encounter 2022. And it's my prayer that as we move into this new year, that everyone at Springbrook would encounter more of God's presence in their life. So if you would just pray with me on that, uh, I would appreciate that. I know I'm expecting God to do great things this year, and I hope you are as well. If you're a first-time guest with us this morning, we're glad that you are with us. If you're watching online, there's a place for you to fill out that online connection card. Uh, just before I came out, I looked at our, got to say hi to our online attendance group, but I know there's a, a couple hundred, I think, probably watching online. There's households and people, and so I know a lot of people are traveling. A lot of people are watching online this morning. If you're watching with us online, uh, please just check in, say hello, let us know that you were here. If you're in person with us this morning, we're glad to see you. And so we're glad that you're with us as well. You've got a, a connection card that's in your chair. And so I just want to encourage you uh, to take a moment um, to fill that out, to let us know that you are with us this morning. Uh, if you can have any date information changes, phone number changes, uh, if you're new and you want to share some information with us, uh, you can write that down. Let us know that you were with us this morning. At the bottom, there's a place for you to share a prayer request. You've got on the back of that any information about our ministry. We send out a weekly email. And so if you're interested in that, you can sign up for that as well. In fact, I want to thank everyone that responded to our Christmas uh, email that we sent out. Um, I put in the email in the block that said the first people that respond to this email get a gift. And so I got all of your responses. And so if you're wondering where your gift is, it's coming. I just needed to get through Christmas and the new year. But I want to thank you for, uh, for engaging uh, with us at Springbrook. 
You know, we're a ministry where relationships are important. Uh, we love people when they come in on Sunday morning. It's good to be here to worship God together, to hear his word uh, proclaimed. But the relationships are so important to us at Springbrook. Uh, we want to get to know you. We want to help you get better connected. And so please let us know if we can help you uh, do that. I also want to just give you a quick update on our year-end offering. Our goal was $25,000, and it came in at 26750 and so praise God that he provided for that. That is, yeah, <laughs> that is huge. And on top of that, those gifts all got matched. And so as we prepare for this new year, um, we are looking forward to uh, what God has for us. We're celebrating God's provision for our ministry as we seek to reach our community for Christ, uh, to m- make passionate disciples of Christ and to reach the ends of the earth with the good news about Christ. And so if you have any questions about our vision, mission, and values, you can uh, check those out on our website. We have our annual meeting this year at the end of January, so we're going to be providing some updates, uh, ministry activities, and uh, some of our finances, and celebrating uh, God's provision for our ministry as we prepare for all that he has for us as we move into the new year. Today we're kicking off this series. It's called Encounter 2022. And it really is our prayer that people would encounter more of what God has for them. And so today is going to be an introduction to this series. And so we're going to talk a little bit about our pathway. We're going to talk about what it means to encounter a relationship with Christ and to be able to encounter the power and presence of God in our life. And so we're going to be introducing an opportunity for everyone at Springbrook to sign up for our encounter series. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more. After our introduction today, next Sunday, we're going to be kicking off a three-week series on the Holy Spirit. You see, part of the how we encounter God has to do with how the Spirit of God works in and through our lives. And so we want to set this series up, and then for three weeks, we're going to look at how the Spirit of God is working in our lives as we prepare to encounter everything that He has for us uh, through the year. And so we have some information out at the uh, ministry center. If you want to stop by, we've got resources for you. We've got books that you can pick up, especially for that 21-day uh, the 21-day preparation, I want to encourage everyone to pick up um, one of those study guides. And you can do that on your own, or you can do that in the context of your small groups, but I want to encourage you uh, to prepare with us together for everything that God has for us. And then on January 30th, we're going to formally launch into uh, the new year with our uh, pathway. This morning, I want to look at a passage from uh, the book of 2 Corinthians. It's in chapter 3, and so if you have a Bible with you, you can turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter 3. Um, I want to just, you just kind of set this passage up a little bit. You know, we've got all of Scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, for training, so that we might be fine approved before God. And so all of Scripture is God-breathed. Jesus says that all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands, to love God and love others. And so we've got it's the Bible in totality that helps us to have a relationship with God. It helps us to understand who we are, who, who God is, and it's all about our relationship with God. And really, it's a story about how God's redeeming us from this lost and broken world. It's broken up into two parts. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old, te- Old Testament tells us about our relationship with God prior to Jesus. And so we have the, the Old Covenant that um, God had with his people. And then we move into the New Testament that brings on a new covenant as a result of who we are in Christ. And so it's broken up into two parts. And then within the context of the New Testament, we have several authors. We have the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We have Paul, who gave us the Pauline epistles and a lot of the letters. Uh, more than half the Bible, half the New Testament is written by the Apostle Paul. And so a lot of the writings are written by Apostle Paul. He's written num- numerous books. He wrote two letters to a church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, he's writing to challenge the believers there 
to examine their lives in light of who they are in Christ. And so 1 Corinthians is a challenge to the believers to live a life out that is worthy of the calling on their life. When you get into 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing another letter to the same church to encourage them to show gratitude and to strengthen them for the fact that they responded correctly in the first letter. And so the second letter is one of encouragement. And as you read through 2 Corinthians, there's a lot to be encouraged by. In chapter 3 that we're going to be looking at this morning, it says that, uh, he says in uh, verse 4, we have a confidence as a result of who we are in Christ towards God. We are not sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our sufficiency is from God as a result of who we are in Christ. In verse 6, it is he who has made us sufficient to be ministers of this new covenant, not of the letter, like in the Old Testament, but of the Spirit as a result of who we are in Christ in the New Testament. It's the Spirit that brings us life. As we move into verse 12, he says, since we have this hope, since we have this hope, we, can, we, are, we are very bold, not like Moses, who was relying on the law in the Old Testament, who had a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze on the outcome of what was being brought to an end. Their minds were hardened. For this day, when they read the Old Covenant, they read it the same way. Their eyes remain unlifted. It's only through Christ that that veil is taken away. And in verse 15, he says, Yes, to this day, whenever Movis is read, there's a veil that lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, when one turns to Christ, that veil is unlifted. It's removed. And then in verse 17, he says this, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of, Lord, the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, and we, with an unveiled face, are beholding the glory of God, and we're being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. And so I want to back up. I want to look at 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 uh, with you and 18 with you. This passage is the theme for our ministry as we move into this new year. It's our prayer that all of us would experience a transformed life. And so I want to focus you from a biblical perspective, not just on the Old and the New Testament, not just on the writings of Paul, but on the encouragement from 2 Corinthians, where he's giving gratitude to the believers. And I want to focus specifically on this one verse, and I want to look at this one word. So of all of Scripture, I want to talk about what does it mean to be transformed? You know, the Apostle Paul is writing, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is with us, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom from, not from the law, because Christ came to fulfill the law, and so it hasn't, been re, it hasn't been replaced, it has been fulfilled in our freedom that we enjoy now. Those freedoms are a result of who we are in Christ. We have freedom because of who we are in Christ, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then he says this in verse 18, and we, with an unveiled face, are beholding the glory of God, and we are being transformed into that same image from one degree to another. And so my question for you this morning is, are you being transformed? Does this verse apply to you? As a result of who we are in Christ, there's something about our life that should be changing. We're, we're to be transformed. The old is gone, the new has come. And our lives should look differently as a result of who we are in Christ. Our hope should be in something other than the things of this world. We should be different. Our lives should be transformed. And many people today, they come into church, they hear a message, they sing some songs, they walk out, and there's no transformation. And so there's, there's a lot of dead faith. And so my question to us is, is, are we living out and experiencing 
the fullness of what God has for us. That's my prayer for this year, that I want to I encourage you to join me on a journey towards life transformation. Jesus Christ changes our life. It gives us new purpose. It gives us new mission. It gives us new vision. And he came to give us life to the full. And so are you experiencing that today? To be transformed means that there's something different about you than there was at the beginning. Transformed, it means that it's a, it's a thorough or a dramatic change. I was this, but now I'm this. And it's not just a ho-hum change. It's a, it's a dramatic change in form, appearance, or character. And so to be transformed means that there should be something different about us than what we find in the people of this world. We should be different. You know, we are called, the old is gone, the new has come. We are new creations in Christ. We have a new hope, and our lives should be differently. We should be transformed. There should be something different about us. And transformation is a journey as God continues to form us into the image and the likeness of his son. It's, it's, it's from one degree of glory to another. We're constantly being transformed. We're constantly being changed. And that should be evident in our lives. And that's where the freedom lies in the result of who we are in Christ. And so transformation is a process. There should be something different about us. The word transformation is where we get the word metamorphosis. Metamorpho is where we get the word metamorphosis. And that gets commonly applied to what we find in the butterfly. And so I'm sure if you uh, remember this from grade school, everybody's talked about metamorphosis and what happens to a butterfly. Everybody's seen this picture before? It's just not new to anybody, right? Everybody knows what happens to a butterfly, right? They start as this little worm thing, little, I don't even know what to call it thing. So I, thought, I, forgot my, I forgot my elementary education. What do you call that? Somebody, what? What is it? A cocoon. A cocoon. Well, that's where he gets to. He gets to a cocoon. He starts out as a caterpillar. Yeah, there it is. So he got this caterpillar. That's where he starts out. And then all of a sudden, he's, he's crawling along, and he sticks himself up on a limb. And all of a sudden, he cocoons. That's a pretty significant change, isn't it? And so it's no longer a, a caterpillar. It's not a cocoon. And then the cocoon starts to wiggle and shake, and it does some things. And, and then it breaks, you know, it breaks out of the cocoon. It's still stuck to the cocoon. And then it finally breaks free and flies off, and it's a butterfly. Now, for us, for life, when we think about our journey, this is our spiritual journey. For us, after we fly off, we get to go be with the Lord. <laughs> and so, but there's something about transformation. When, when, when Paul's talking about transformation in our lives, he's talking about seeing this kind of change in our life. You know, we were old, and then we became a new creation, and, and so we're like these caterpillars that become cocooned. We change, we grow, we, and, and then become a butterfly, and we, and we fly off. And that's what, that's what it means to be on a transformative journey. And so our, our discipleship pathway is designed to help people be transformed on a journey. And you know what's interesting? That this is a structural kind of thing. So you can look at this picture, but what happens to the caterpillar that becomes a cocoon? What, what happens there? I mean, we see the picture. There's something that's unseen that's happening there, isn't there? There's something unseen that's happening inside that cocoon before it becomes a butterfly. And so at any point, in fact, I, I can remember in grade school, I, I had my caterpillars, they cocooned, and, and then and, and none of them survived for some reason. I, I don't know what I did. You had a kids that had done that experience. Sometimes you, know, you do 10 of them and maybe you get one. And so there's something about the process that moves people through this life transformation. 
And so when we talk about being on a spiritual growth pathway in Springbrook, we're talking about we want to help people get connected vertically to God and horizontally to one another. We want people to experience spiritual growth. We want to equip them for ministry. And we want, to, we want them to go out into the world to make other disciples. And so this is our spiritual growth pathway. And sometimes the same thing that happens to us on our spiritual growth pathway is the same thing that happens to the, to the, to the caterpillar in the cocoon. You know, sometimes things just don't happen. Sometimes people get stuck in a cocoon and they, and they don't move. And so transformation is a process that where you're moving through from someplace towards something else. And so that's what it looks like for our discipleship pathway. But there's something that happens, just like with that butterfly, that happens to us that moves us through this pathway. There's something about us that changes. We start out connected. It looks like something. It looks like something to be growing in our faith. It looks like something to be serving. It looks like something to be going and making other disciples. And so there's a tangible part of our discipleship pathway that people can see and they can kind of, they're, they're pegs and they can say, okay, well, this is where I'm at and this is where I'd like to be. But, but the process of transformation is a spiritual thing. There's things that happen that move us through here that we just don't see. And just like we have a, a discipleship pathway, there's all kinds of different pathways. You know, I was uh, looking at... Uh, 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 passage uh, uh, looking through the internet last, last week about our neuro pathway. I was thinking about different pathways, some examples of pathways. And one of the pathways that I ran into was that idea there's a, there's a neuro pathway in our heads. And so there's this, we've got these axions that move in, in between these neurons. And so neurons are a structure, but the axions are what the energy is that move between them. And so my hands are down and and so I've got my hands here. I've got my brains here. But, but something has to say, I, can want to, I want to raise my right hand. And so I'm going to stand here for a little bit. I really want to raise my right hand. I mean, I've got a right hand. I've got a brain. I've got these neurons in there that are saying, hey, raise your right hand. My hand doesn't raise until something sparks it and says, I'm going to raise it. You know what I'm saying? And so there's a physical part to us. You know, I've got a hand. I've got a brain. But, but there's also that spiritual part of us. There's the unseen thing that actually makes things happen. And so I, my hands are sitting here until I make an intentional decision to raise it. I can want to go over there, but until something sparks it and moves my feet to move me, I'm stuck. And so a lot of times I think people get stuck on their Christian walk because there's, there's the, these, these neurons are not firing. There's, and the neurons for us are the Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit is where we get the power to move through our discipleship pathway. This connect, grow, serve, go. They're, they're, they're like little neurons, and we've got these axions. And so we, 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 we come into a church, and it's like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then something draws us. You know, there's something about it that says, hey, I want to come back. Or there's something more that says, hey, I, I want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ. I've got some questions I want to get answered. Those are spiritual kind of issues. A lot of times people come into the church, they have questions they don't ask. And so it's kind of like the neurons. Something's got to spark it to make you ask. And so we're dependent on the Holy Spirit to move us through our discipleship pathway. And so our discipleship pathway is clear. When people come into Springbrook, we say hello, we greet them, we give them opportunities to fill out their connection card, we give them opportunities to sign up for small groups, we give them opportunities to serve, we've got workshops, we've created all kinds of different opportunities for people to get connected, but it's a spirit of God that helps them move through it and actually make the connection. And so the pathway is clear. We need to be praying that the spirit of God would move through people so they can begin to experience more of what it means to be a passionate follower of Christ. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit to move through us so that we can experience all that God has for us. 
We are to live a transformed life. So the question is, is are you being transformed? From one degree of the image to another, there's changes as we go along this pathway. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. It is the Spirit of the Lord that helps us to be transformed. It's the Spirit of the Lord that helps us, that draws us into a relationship with Christ. John 6, 44, no one comes to Christ unless the Spirit of the Lord calls them. Acts 1, 8, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be a witness. And so it's the Holy Spirit working in and through us that enables us to accomplish all that God has for us and to experience all that God has for us. And so this morning, we want to talk a little bit about our pathway. We're going to give you some opportunities to experience a pathway. But the next three weeks, we're going to focus on the Spirit of God working in and through us together so that we can accomplish all that God has for us individually and collectively as the body of Christ. When you look at how Jesus did it throughout Scripture, Jesus called the disciples to come and see. And so Jesus extended an invitation to the disciples. You know, come and see and be with me. And then he said, come learn from me. He said, come work with me. And they said, now I want you to go and do the same. And so this process that Jesus went through with the disciples moved them through a pathway of connectedness, of growth, of equipping, and mission. And so Jesus did that with the disciples. And and our pathway at Springbrook is designed, like Jesus, to help people move along on their spiritual growth pathway. There's an invitation to come and see, to learn, to work with, and then to do the same. In Matthew 9, as Jesus passed on from here to there, he's traveling. He sees a man called Matthew. He's sitting at the tax booth. Matthew's a tax collector. He's sitting at a tax booth. Jesus walked up to him and said, come follow me. And what does it say next? He rose and followed him. What's going through Matthew's mind? I mean, think about how many people Jesus might have invited to come follow him that didn't. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. But what's interesting to think about is Matthew, sitting there as a tax collector, had Jesus walk up to him and say, come follow him. And then he got off his chair and his feet moved. Isn't that amazing? It's an invitation that Jesus extends to others. Come be with me. Come follow me. That's an invitation that still exists for us today. There's people that don't have a relationship with Christ. There's people that have questions about God and the Bible. And that same invitation that was extended to Matthew, the tax collector, is extended to us today. We want people to come and experience who Jesus is and how to have a relationship with him. So come and, come and see as a connecting activity. It's a, we want to help you get connected vertically to Christ and horizontally to each other as the body of Christ. And then in Luke chapter 9, Jesus was with his disciples. He was praying alone. The disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? He answered him, John the Baptist. One says, Elijah. Others say that you're one of the prophets of old that has risen. risen." And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ of God. He had been with the disciples. The disciples had been with him. They had learned from him. They had they'd been doing ministry with him. And the Spirit of God reveals to Peter that this is the Christ, the Messiah, the one that the Old Testament people are still waiting for to come, has come. And, and Peter has that realization. And so the Holy Spirit reveals that to Peter as a result of the fact that he has been with Jesus. He has grown in his faith. He's come to faith in Christ and he is growing in his faith as a result of being with Jesus. 
And so spiritual growth is the activity of being in relationship with Jesus and understanding who he is. You know, when we read through the Bible, that's God speaking to us. When we open the Bible and we read a passage, God's speaking to us through his word. And we talk to him through prayer and and we grow in our faith as we read and study God's word. And we grow in fellowship with him and with each other. You know, growth is an important part of our spiritual journey. Our, that's why our small groups are so important. They're opportunities for people to get together to study and read the Bible and encourage one another on their spiritual journey. And so growth is an important part of our pathway. And then in Mark chapter 6, Jesus calls the 12 and he says he begins to send them out two by two, giving them authority over unclean spirits. And so not only are they with Jesus, not only are they in fellowship with Jesus, but now they're on mission with Jesus. And they're working together to accomplish what Jesus has, namely helping others to know about him. And they start to begin to work in, in cooperation with what Jesus would have for them. He sends them out two by two and gives them authority over unclean spirits. And so they've been equipped for ministry. They're being sent out and they're going to accomplish the work that God has for them. He's given them each different spiritual gifts. And when they come together, God uses them all differently, but they're working now together to accomplish all that God has for them. And so when we talk about being equipped, we're talking about helping people understand their spiritual gifts so that they can accomplish what God has for them as it relates to building up the body of Christ. And so we want to help people get connected. We want to help them grow in their faith. We want to equip them for ministry and then we want to send them out. In Matthew 28, Jesus says this, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And so the Spirit of Christ is still with us today, working in and through us and enabling us to accomplish all God has for us. Jesus has given us a vision and a mission to go into our community and to tell people about him that have not heard about him. Disciple making is a process where we help people get connected to Christ, grow in their faith, and equipped for ministry, and then we multiply ourselves, and we go and we do the same. And so connect, grow, equip, go is our discipleship pathway. And so as we move into this new year, I want to encourage you to look back at that passage from Paul and in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, and ask, you, ask yourself, are you being transformed? Do you have a relationship with Christ? Are you secure in that relationship with Christ? Could you explain that to someone else? Are you connected with Christ and are you in, in fellowship with him through talking to him through prayer and listening to him through Bible intake and Bible study? Are you connected? Are you growing in your faith? Have you been equipped for ministry? And are you making an impact and working alongside of the Spirit working in and through us together to reach our community for Christ and make disciples. We're called to do the same. And so every one of us is in one of these chairs. Now, there are people that have questions about God or the Bible, and so that, that first chair is an invitation to come. And so there's a sense we've got 150,000 people that are surrounding this building, that are surrounding our ministry. You have, you have neighborhoods that you live in. You have workplaces that you're in. You have schools that you're a part of. You have friends. There's, there's people all around us that don't have a relationship with Christ. And the invitation for them is to, to come and to explore and experience what you know to be true about Jesus. And so connected is about helping people get connected to Christ. And it's about who we are together. And so we have a starting point workshop that's designed to help people understand our vision and our mission and our values, have an opportunity to become members if they're interested in that because it's a a commitment to be a part of what God wants to do, not just in and through us individually, but collectively together as the body of Christ. And so we are connected to Christ. We are connected to one another. 
And then some of you are involved in small groups and you're growing in your faith. Maybe you're leading a small group. Maybe you're serving on a ministry team. And then it's, it's who we are together. And, and what are we studying together? What are we, when we get together in the context of our relationship, what do we talk about? I mean, we talk about the bowls. We talk about what we did at Christmas. We talk about, there's a lot of stuff to talk about when we get together. But are we discovering and discussing things of spiritual importance? Do we talk about what God's doing in our life? Do we talk about the hope that we have in Christ? Do we talk about, hey, man, I was in church Sunday. I was reading this verse. What do you think of that? And so the discovering discussion that growing in our faith happens as we study and apply and put God's word into place in our lives. And then we want to be equipped for ministry. Many of you are serving. You know, at Springbrook, we have close to between 60 and 70% of people at Springbrook do something. You know, they serve as a greeter, they're maybe an usher, they work in children's ministry, maybe on the facilities team, on the cutting team. We've got uh, 175 different serving opportunities in Springbrook. And many of you are serving, and, and, and it's not just an opportunity for you to what you can do for ministry, but it's an opportunity for us as a ministry to equip you and to train you to be effective at the ministry that God's called you to. And so it's a two-way street. You're serving and using your spiritual gifts from a biblical perspective to build up the body of Christ. And then we have an opportunity to equip the saints for ministry. And so we have people that are engaged in ministry in a variety of different ways. And then we have people that are living missionally. And so they live on mission. And so I want to encourage you this morning to think about of these chairs, you know, which one of these do you feel like you might find yourself in? And we're going to talk in just a few moments about what it means to be transformed recognizing that all of these things come from the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that moves us through these different chairs. But this morning, I want to talk through just briefly about what each one of these chairs looks like. And so I've got some people that have offered to come out, and they're going to share a little bit about what this has looked like for them. Because at this point, it's just academic. Yeah, that sounds good, Pastor Rich. Yeah, those colors look really nice. That makes sense to me. But this morning, I want to put, I want to just, I want to, I want to make this come to life for you as you think about, you know, what this has looked like in the lives of some other people uh, here at Springbrook. And so uh, Jeff is going to be in the first chair, uh, and then we got Jim, and we got Gail, and we got Brian. And so I have, uh, I don't know, I don't know who I've known the longest. Probably you, Jim. How long have you been here, Gail? I've been here a year. You've been here at Springbrook a year, yeah. So each one of these people are different places on their spiritual journey. Um, it's been so exciting. Jeff and I have had an opportunity to have coffee together. We've met together. It's been involved in a small group. It's been exciting for me to see what God's doing in your life. In fact, you just got baptized two weeks ago. I and did. so I know you made a faith commitment. You've come to understand your need for a relationship with Christ, and you got baptized. And so that's a step. But it's, a, it's the Holy Spirit that helps you move through that step. And so every one of these steps have got some obstacles along the way. And so, Jeff, I was just wondering if you could just share with us briefly, um, what are some of the hesitancies that you had? What were some of the fears that you had as you were thinking about getting baptized? Well... Originally, I guess there was uh, some self-doubt. You know, you ask yourself, are are you worthy? Mm. Um, From there, it was a fear of public speaking. Uh, (laughs) You're doing a great job. (laughs) Well, you you know... It's a spirit of God, isn't it? (laughs) If you talk from the heart, then you really, you can't say the wrong thing to God, right? Right, amen. And um, I think ultimately for me, it was the encouragement from my small group. Um, I think it was Matt that said, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. And that kind of hit home for yeah. me. Amen. You know? Yeah. So I think uh, uh, I'm in conversations with many people that, uh, that want to know more about our relationship with Christ. 
Um, I'm in conversations with many people that have questions about getting baptized. And I just want to encourage you, uh, like Jeff mentioned, that if you try and think of it from a worldly perspective, it really is. It's a matter of heart. It's a hard issue. And that's where the Spirit of God works. And so the Spirit of God draws us into a relationship with Him. It's the Spirit of God that gives us the ability to speak and, and to say the things that He would want us to say. And so it's the Acts 1-8. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you the power to be a witness, to say the words that He has for you. And so when you yield to that and you make Him the Lord of your life, then you're able to experience what you've experienced. I'm looking forward to what God's going to continue to do. And then Jim Smoot has been here for several years. I know that your family is very active in ministry. Your son is uh, working with our student ministries. You're a small group leader. And I know, how long have you been leading a small group, Jim? Three years, I say with a question mark. <laughs> and you've been a Christ follower for quite some time uh, as well. Yeah, about four decades. <laughs> yeah. So as you think about your relationship with Christ, you know, how has that affected your priorities? Sure. Um, well, as I said, it's been 40 years-ish, that I, years ago that I accepted Christ. And it's not always been that great of a commitment. Um, and again, it come, there's been growth over the years at different times, different levels. But then as far as into a small group, it was actually the ask. So we had David Green, who's here somewhere, several years ago asked us, hey, you know, you only live about a block and a half away from us. Why don't you come and join our small group? So I joined, Tracy and I joined their small group at that time. And then being a part of a small group is part of that relationship. Rich mentioned it a couple times early on. It's really about having a relationship with Christ. For me, am I acting like he is my father, as he said, or my spouse, he calls us the bride of Christ. Do I act like he's that? Or do I act like he's a video that I can stream and just go on demand and have him when I want him? So I have to engage it that way on a personal level. It's He really is there. He doesn't come and ring the doorbell or knock on the door like the rest of the people in the small group when they walk in. But he is there. He is real. Um, and then as we open our house for the small group, it's the commitment to being ready. If I invite you to come over and I have no idea what you're going to do when you walk in, right? Neither one of us are going to get a whole lot out of it. So it's just being ready to be in his presence, to kind of just lead a conversation is really about it and understand what are we going to talk about tonight. And then to have our house ready to have people come in. But uh, yeah, it's all to me really about acting as if Mm -hmm. God is a person that I can have a relationship with. It's the intentionality. You don't just accidentally open your home up for small group. You don't just accidentally show up. You have to intentionally make the decision to set the alarm, sometimes drive a car, you know, make some snacks. So spiritual growth is an intentional process. It doesn't just happen haphazardly. It's, it's something you have to be prepared for. You do. And yeah. so I lead a team in a global organization. So yeah. it's I have blocked on my calendar every Monday night. I'm out of office, and I've had to make yeah. phone calls to a lady in Singapore to say, no, this has to be moved. Right? <laughs> the, it's, feet, it's the feet have to move. You know, I've got a gym membership, and uh, i got to get there, though. My mm-hmm. feet, feet got to move there. And so if you think about spiritual growth, it's the dynamic of going to the gym and working out. And now, I mean, I want to lose weight. I want to get toned up. But in order to do that, I have to be intentional about it. I have to have a plan for it. And I have to make time for it. And that's what the small groups are as well. And as you make time for that, as you, as you connect with Christ, as you 
put him as Lord as your life and as you continue to grow in your faith, those are things that your priorities change and you start making time for the things that are important that are going to help you grow spiritually. And then a part of that dynamic then is, is equipping you for ministry. And so, Gail, uh, you've been at uh, Springbrook, I know, for a, a year. Um, I know you started watching online, and so thanks for joining yes. us online. Uh, you know, bless you for that. I, I have a hard time with online. But uh, there's a lot of people watching online right now, and so that's an extension of our ministry, and, and we want to help people engage. And so if you're watching online with us this morning, maybe you're watching this from a past service, um, we want to help engage you in ministry. I mean, uh, it's, it's fun to watch and to listen, but we want to engage people in ministry. And so Gail came into Springbrook. You started visiting. You came through our starting point workshop. You got connected. You're involved in a small group. And now you're serving in a couple of different areas of ministry. And so why don't you just tell us uh, briefly about where some of the areas you're serving in, and then what joy does that bring you? Okay, um, coming to Springbrook was actually a God thing. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and because I had been at another church, but um, never could connect, and God has his way. Um, so when I started watching, I wanted to make sure it was biblically sound. And um, the first service that I came to, I was invited to join a small group, I thought. Lord, this is a big sign for me. But I felt very welcome. The one, of, one of the reasons I, I wanted to come and serve, I wanted to serve with the community that um, made disciples and would mature you in your growth in Christ. And I found that here. So I, I joined the greeters, um, I forget the name. They have a, another name for it, but <laughs> the greeter it's team. a greeter. <laughs> and, um, and then I saw the cafe was going to open. So I've always wanted to do that. I, it was a new experience for me. But, you know, it brings me so much joy to serve here, to um, look, be open, I would say, to the opportunities that are available because the Holy Spirit will show you, you know, some opportunities. Now, if you, there's many opportunities here at this church, and that's what I really like about it. So I did join, I was a barista on a, a Sunday a month. So I, I, I'm just really happy to be here. Well, you have been a, a blessing to our church family. You've been a blessing for me. I have enjoyed the conversations with us, and it's encouraging to hear how you've been blessed uh, by serving. And so if you're looking for an opportunity to get connected and serve, uh, we'd love the opportunity to talk with you. In fact, right now, our production department right now is praying for, if you know how to run a soundboard, if you're good with sound, we want to talk with you. <laughs> and so our production ministry right now is praying specifically for people that are interested in music and our children's ministries. We move into the New Year's praying for children's ministry, cafe, greeting teams. We have serving opportunities that take us into our community with Kids Hope through the local uh, elementary schools. We have opportunities to serve with other organizations where we have an opportunity to, to really to be salt and light in our community and to share Christ as we're doing that. So if you want to know more about how we can help you get connected and help you grow in your faith and then equip you for ministry, we'd love the opportunity for you to let us know how we do that. And then we've got on the end, uh, Brian Ford. Brian has been at uh, Springbrook for, I think, uh, two years. How long have you been here? Closer to seven. Yeah, eight. seven years. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, my wife, I feel like a newlywed still. So I have no, I have no, that's why I have to do Psalm 90, 10. If I don't number my days, I forget where I'm at. 
And so Brian's been here for quite some time. He's been serving. He's been involved in a small group. And right now you are uh, overseeing our facilities team that opens and closes our facilities. So when we came in this morning, it was nice and warm in here. The lights were on. And so uh, we have a team that comes in and opens the facility and then closes the facility. After we leave, somebody's got to go through and close everything down. (laughs) And so uh, Brian has been uh, leading that team. He's been investing in some guys there. And uh, Brian, you've been an encouragement to me and our, our church family as well. And I know that you are a busy guy. And so uh, if you want to just share us a little bit about kind of what you do, and then, and then why is it, what is important about where you make decisions about investing your time as it relates to ministry? Yeah, so Proverbs 16, uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, it says, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. So that, that scripture verse means a lot to me. So every morning when I first get up, I, I get you version going, I look at the Bible, and I try to commit things to God. Uh, and this season in my life, I mean, there's a lot going on. And so I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm, you know, all, all these things, I'm at work. And so what I do is try to be intentional. So I'm intentional about having couples time with my wife. I'm intentional about having Bible time with my family after dinner. And then with the openers and closers group, we have a, a guys that are dedicated to our church. They're serving already. How can I invest in them? And so I know that iron sharpens iron. The Bible teaches us that. So we pick topics to help them become even better men of God and invest in each other because I usually get a lot more. I think I'm going to help them out and I'm usually getting more from them than I, I give them. So um, it's really about being intentional, and, and I think God puts you in different places at different seasons of life and being open to what God is leading you to do. And when he tells you to do it, do it. Yeah, amen. And I know that um, I know that you guys uh, get together routinely, um, and so it's not just a bunch of guys that are opening and closing a team, but you guys have breakfast together, you get meals together, you're studying, you're going through a book together, and so you're investing in men. It's not just that you're serving together, but you're making disciples that can then invest in other disciples. And so it starts to come back around. If so, if you don't have a relationship with Christ and you want to look for a place to get connected, well, help, you can help open the doors. Or, and so no matter where you are on your journey, there's an opportunity for you to connect and to be invested. You can either invest in someone or you can be invested in. And Brian, I just want to thank you for uh, leading that team. Thank you for your uh, intentional investment in those men. Brian is not just busy at work. You've got, is it global or na- it's all that's national? You've, you've got a yeah, lot of responsibility. I'm, I'm global director of uh, customer <laughs> yeah, relations. Yeah, global, global, just a world thing, you know. <laughs> But I appreciate the fact that you're making time to invest in other men. That's important. And so I just want to encourage you this morning that no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, there's a chair that you can jump in and get connected to. I think it's important for you to know that, you know, um, these are just ordinary people. You know, these are just people like you and me, whether it's school or work, married, unmarried. They're just they're normal people that are stepping out and allowing God to transform them. And so, guys, you did, you did a great job. Thanks for coming out this Thanks for coming out this morning and sharing with us. I'm not done yet. Yeah, oh, here you go. yeah good job. All right, that did work. That worked, that worked out pretty smooth. Good job. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you this morning that no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, uh, let us help you experience the fullness of this passage that you can say that you are being transformed, allowing the Spirit of God to work in and through, the, and through you so you can become all that Christ would have for you to be.
As a part of our encounter series, there's an opportunity that we're giving everybody at Springbrook, and not just at Springbrook, if you're watching online, if you know friends, if you have questions about God or the Bible, regardless of where somebody is. We've got, we've got uh, under 1,000 people on our email list. You guys know a lot of different people. Regardless of where somebody is, there's an invitation to come and see. And so we want to help people to understand how to have a relationship with Christ. And so regardless of where you are, if that first chair is for you, we have a starting point workshop that we host regularly throughout the year. We want to encourage you out at our ministry center. Uh, we have some books that will help you to study. Their curriculum, they're designed to help you read through and study from a biblical perspective what this looks like in your life. And so if you want to know more about how to get connected to God, it begins by talking to him and, and listening to him through his word. And so the Divine Mentor uh, is a resource for you that will help you to understand a devotion life. What does it mean to talk and listen to God and have a relationship with God? We've also got some materials uh, available if you have questions about a relationship with Christ. Do you, do you believe that God exists? And so we'll engage with you uh, in that first chair. Uh, and then we've got some curriculum out uh, at the Ministry Center as well. We've, it's a book uh, written by a guy named Donald Whitney. It's Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. It's, it's the gym. It's the going to the gym for the Christian life. You know, what disciplines do we need to have in our life that we can grow in our faith, that we are sharpening ourselves, that we are growing? And our small groups are an integral part of that pathway step. And then there's another book out there by Sanders. And so if you're a leader at Springbrook here, or if you're looking for an opportunity to understand and sharpen your leadership skills, maybe you want to invest in others, um, you can, I'd encourage you to pick up Donald, uh, D- Dan Sanders' book, um, Spiritual Leadership. Uh, if you've never been through our spiritual gifts class, um, that's your personal job description from God. Um, we'll help you understand what your spiritual gifts is and where you fit in uh, to be in the body of Christ and give you an opportunity to have influence uh, and be a part of a team uh, that's helping us to accomplish all that God has for us. And if you want to live missionally, um, we've got a book uh, at the Resource Center. It's called Walk Like Jesus. And it's, just, it's a conversation about this discipleship pathway. What did this look like for you? How do you have this conversation with others? And how can you help us to be a part of making disciples who make disciples? And so all four of those resources are available to you. They're in the lobby. I want to encourage you, uh, you can pick one of those up and take your time reading it. It's not something you're trying to read through in a week. In fact, um, the way that this is laid out, we'll have some more information available for you later. We want to encourage people just to read through the book in a year. And so if there's 10 chapters in the book, pick a chapter, pick a, chapter a month. Uh, you can start, and if you're in a small group, um, I you encourage you, you can talk to your small group leader about what you're doing. This is not designed to be a replacement um, from what's happening in our small groups. It's really designed to help you individually to think about where am I and, and what am I doing to grow. And so we have a, uh, we also have a uh, collaborative workspace um, called Slack. Um, and it's, uh, many organizations use it. It does require an app, but it, it can be a little bit tricky to, to navigate through. But um, if you go to our website, springbrook.org slash pathway, you can join our Slack group. And there, right now, we've got over 20 people have already signed up for Slack. And then for each one of these chairs, we have groups. And so if you're in this first chair reading that first book with somebody, um, we'll pair you up with 10, 15, 20 other people that are reading that book. And you can collaborate and share with what you're learning. And each channel has a moderator. And so uh, we've got a guy and a gal for each moderator. Right now, I'm still praying for somebody to help us moderate. I need some guys to help us moderate the Connect and Grow. Um, but we're, uh, we're developing these uh, collaborative workspaces so that you can talk with them. You know, if you're not in a small group or maybe you're, having diff- maybe you're, uh, you're going to be away for several months and you're looking for a way to get connected, um, that Slack group is a great way to get connected. Because you can be in fellowship, you can pray for one another, you can talk about what you're learning. And so uh, if you want more information about that, um, you please. Uh, visit our website. Um, but these resources are all designed to help us move along on our spiritual journey. 
Next week, we're going to be looking at a three-week series on encountering the Holy Spirit. I'm praying that as we move through this year, uh, the Spirit of God would work in and through us so that we can experience this transformation uh, that Paul's praying. We're praying that God would that, that God would call people into relationship with themselves that are really experiencing life transformation. So I want to encourage you, you can pick up this study guide. It's different than the book. We're going to go through this over the next three weeks. So I'll be teaching each week on one of the aspects of uh, some of the things that you'll be reading. And you can read this at your own pace if you'd like. Uh, you can do it with your small group. You can do it by yourself. Um, but that's available to you as well. And we'll be going through that the next uh, three weeks. And during the next three weeks, we're just going to continue to encourage people to pick a chair. And so we want to encourage you to you know, experience more of what God has for you as we move through the year. And then be just looking for opportunities to, uh, to share um, what you're learning with others. All of this is available on our website. Uh, it's on our app as well. If you're interested in that Slack team, if you've got your cell phone with you and you pointed at that little QR code, it'll open up the website. You can actually sign up for Slack right now, or you can do that as our, on our website as well. If you're not interested in joining Slack, but you want to be a part of this encounter series, um, you can just sign up as well. Um, there's a place for you to sign up, or you can join Slack. But I just want to encourage you to pray with me as we move into this new year that God would uh, continue to help us experience more of the power and his presence in our life. If you've got any questions, uh, please let us know. Uh, you can uh, contact us online or you can get us on our website. You can call me directly. Uh, but I want to thank you for being with us as this, we kick off this new year together. Uh, let's pray together. Father, I just want to thank you uh, for this day you've given us. Uh, God, I thank you for the uh, security and the hope that we have in Christ. Uh, God, we celebrated uh, communion together this morning. It's a celebration of that reality that you are who you claim to be. And so I just thank you that um, you call us into a relationship with yourself. And not only do you do that, but you continue the work. Um, you know, Paul says that uh, we, we pray that you would continue the work that you started in, in us until that day that you call us home. And so thank you for the opportunity we have to encourage one another. Uh, God, we lift this new year up to you. God, all for you, uh, for your glory, and for your purposes. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us one more time before we close? Restarted? Okay, we're going to restart it.
stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is how you are. 
So as we close today, I'll read Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. Amen. So go now in faith and serve the Lord.